Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Momentum Studios. Myself, Spencer Shea. What up, what up, what up? Let's get straight to the wind shares, man. Wind shares. Busy weekend on the horizon tonight. Obviously, we're recording this on a Thursday, but it'll be released to you all on a Friday a.m. Tonight, we will be at Export Bar and Lounge on the 16th floor of the Porter Hotel. I'll be DJing, rocking the vibes from 9 p.m. to midnight. Pull up, man. It's a beautiful step, beautiful spot, beautiful vibe. I'm not going to get all descriptive about it again this week, as obviously we did that in the wind share segment last week, but the time is here and near for us to rock out on that floor. I do have to do one thing, though. I got to give a shout-out to my guy, Luis. I'm going to get it out the way early. Luis is a bartender at the Porter Hotel, or at Export, I should say, which is located at the Porter Hotel, the rooftop of the Porter Hotel. But Luis is my guy. Me and Luis have been rocking since I had started DJing there the first time back in, what was that, 2019. Yep. So when I was DJing there in 2019 all the way up until March of 2020 when the world got shut down due to this pandemic – Luis was just always solid, man. He always rocked with me. He always made sure my drinks were taken care of. Like, he he just understood the vibe. You know what I'm saying? It was one of those dudes that I met him once I started DJing there. I met him. I started DJing there because of another bartender, the homie Nick. Shout out to him, too. But, like, I met Luis as I was DJing there, and he was the person that I met during that experience that I kind of clicked and connected with. And so... He's back bartending up there again, and he actually was a huge advocate because there's a newer general manager there, especially from the time back when I was DJing there in the past. There's a new general manager, and entertainment obviously is back up there on the rooftop, and so Luis was a huge advocate for me. The new general manager had heard of me because I was still on like the old schedule from prior to the pandemic when they reopened, so she was aware of my name and like who I was, but as far as you know, entertainment... She can go whatever route she wants to go this time around and and take things in a different direction. But Luis was a huge advocate for me. He always makes sure I'm taken care of whenever I pull up to export. And uh, I appreciate him greatly for just looking out for your boy, man. And we back at it. So I'm definitely excited to not just curate the vibe for the venue, but a huge, huge, huge part that I consider as I'm curating the vibe and that dictates the vibe and the direction that I want to go in is the bartenders, man. If the bartenders are busy and nodding their head and looking like they're in a rush and having a good time when I'm DJing, then I feel like I'm doing my job. Mm. Because people obviously are coming to get more drinks, which is keeping them busy and going. And I want them to look rushed, but I want it to also look fun because I know bartending is also a craft for them as well. And so if it looks like they're rushing just because they're busy and they're cranking drinks out, cool. But if they're nodding their head while they're doing it and busting the move while they're doing it and having conversation with the customers as they come up to the bar, so be it. That's something that I definitely pay attention to. When I'm, you know, behind the ones Me and too. twos. I, no, I, I, same thing, man. And it's all about those drinks. Because that's, you know. Yeah. It makes the world go round, baby. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, then, and even if you don't sound so good that night, if everyone gets enough drinks in them, you'll sound just Exactly. Fine, so. <laughs> exactly. So your bartenders are very it's relationships, important. relationships, man. It's relationships. For that's sure. what matters. Speaking of relationships, take your significant other to export Absolutely. Tonight. It's beautiful Get some vibe. points. Gold it's a beautiful in the vibe. Top. Take a picture. It's a great, great place out. for a photo op. Yeah, no doubt. 
doubt. Again, we got very descriptive about it last night, and I got more win shares to share. So that's that. Shout out, Luis. Export, 9 p.m. to midnight. Tonight, be there. Don't be square. Sunday, I'll be back at Bible Club this Sunday. That is uh, 624, or 724, excuse me, to be exact. And I'll be there from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. So always happy to be back at Bible Club. Definitely a great venue, a great place to play, a great place to vibe as well. So pull up on Sunday. I'll be back at Export next Friday as well, as well though. So I'm there for at least two consecutive Fridays. I'll let you know what the schedule will be going forward next episode, if you will. But um, I'll be back there next Friday, the 29th. And then I'll be back at Bible Club again on August 6th. So make sure y'all pull up, man. Plenty of gigs for y'all to pull up to. Have a good time. Have some drinks. Do what you do. Again, chill with your significant other. And for what it's worth, while, yes, Export is certainly more of like a high-end place to be able to get your photo op on and whatnot, the Bible Club has a really nice renovated patio as well that you can get some good pictures off and you can really vibe and have some tasty drinks. You're right next door to PDX Sliders, which is always moving and grooving. And so, yeah, you know, it's a good place. Like, like your, your photo won't be shitty at Bible Club either. It might not look as fancy as it does on the 16th floor of a rooftop, but it's not going to look like, you know, something you're afraid or embarrassed to post if you come take a photo over at the Bible Club. So pull up, indeed. I'm excited for it, looking forward to it. Always glad to be able to get these gigs going. And th this is the time of the year that I gig the most. You know, it's no sports commentary for me happening right now. So, you know, September, when college football season comes back around, we'll have the headset back on. And that'll last all the way through March as we transition right out of college football into college hoops, men's and women's. So, you know, this is the time of the year that I really get to get into my musical bag, my cultural bag, and something that I just have a lot of interest in and that I've been doing for a little while now. And just, you know, this this is that time of year, man. So come out and have a good time. Yeah, and speaking of uh, the season coming up in November, we got the schedule release for Pacific University basketball. Yeah. I got that, you, at you, least. Well, yeah, you, <laughs> you sent it to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I so, got that for so, sure. So, yeah. I, so I seen that, and uh, it looks like it's going to be a great season. And oh, yeah. And I'm definitely going to be on the mic there a couple of times, too. Yeah, so man. So tune into oh, yeah. that. Yeah, Go man. So, all that. You know, we definitely got that. I'm looking forward to season. Obviously, it'll be a shit ton of announcements when season comes around. I know Portland State's conference schedule has come out, and that's being released online as well. So you can go see what the Big Sky schedule is for Portland State in particular, or just go to the Big Sky website to see what the entire schedule is for conference play this year. But, um, you know, that's down the line right I now. I know. It's vibe. like I know breaks are required. Right now we vibe. I know. I know. I know. I <laughs> now know. we vibe. I know breaks are required, <laughs> but like every day I'm just like, when are people going to start throwing balls around again that I can like talk about? You know what I'm saying? Honestly. Like, that's all I'm interested in all the time. Bro. Honestly, I've been A-OK -okay with the break, man. I've yeah. been cool with the break. Like I said, sports just aren't my only interest. Mm. It's, it's probably my greatest interest. It's something that's always been a part of my life and – Something that I've always, I mean, obviously, is still a part of my life to, to a professional level. Like, for example, I was looking at the schedules because, like I said, I got the Pacific schedule. And I also was looking at the Portland State schedule because usually there's like three games that overlap between the two seasons. And I usually go to Portland State. I mean, it's, it's Division One, it's ESPN Plus, it's TV broadcast. And I can get a fill-in on three games at Pacific. So it works out. But... 
I'm looking at the schedule and I'm I've been thinking about it for a little while. I'm 29 years old. My next birthday, I'll be 30. Now, I've never been able to really celebrate my birthdays because I'm a January baby and I've always been in season. When I was in high school, I was in season. Then I played college ball, I'm in season, so I always got games. And this is like conference play, too. So it's like I've always had games and stuff. And then obviously commentating, I'm commentating for three different teams. So between those three different teams, I got games going on still around that time, too. So I've never really been able to celebrate. So the first thing that I looked to before I even kind of ran down the season to see which nights, you know, there may be an overlap. And fortunately, there was only one. So I'll obviously be able to be at pretty much every game this year for both teams. Um, when I went, I went directly to my birthday weekend. I believe my birthday is on a Thursday this year or next year, but, you know, this upcoming birthday is on a Thursday, January. And uh, there's a game Thursday night. There's a game Friday night. <laughs> there's a game Saturday night. <laughs> there's games happening that whole birthday weekend. So I don't know what I'm going to do to celebrate my 30th. That's why spring break used to always be so important to me. And I used to always like really turn up during spring break because I never really got to celebrate my birthdays the way that I wanted to because because of basketball, quite frankly. And so once that season ended, you know, late March or I mean uh, late February, early March, if you will, and I knew spring break was two weeks down the road. Yeah, I went hard on spring break every year, dog. I didn't even use spring break to take a break. I'll use spring break to catch up for the missed birthday celebrations, <laughs> for the New Year celebrations that I may have missed from the time to time. It was all of that, man. It was all of that. Like yeah. that was that was my thing, dog. Like I spring breaks have always been so important. I still celebrate spring break as if I'm in college. Like I'll still take that week off whenever spring break around that time, of course, is supposed to be because my my lifestyle as far as like basketball, which was always a part of me as a student, is still the same even as an adult. So I just take PTO at some point in March and just party oh, like a rock crazy. star. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll remember that when spring break comes around, bro. Yeah, yeah. spring break. If you if you want to turn up with me, you catch me in the summer or you catch me your spring break. The winter, you know, I know there's obviously it's the holidays, you do the family thing and whatnot, but New Year's, again, I you know, I've had games on New Year's Day, so I don't go too hard. I don't want to get too faded on New Year's Eve and have to play a game when I was playing on New Year's Day or have to call a game now with no voice because I got too loaded the night before yeah. on New Year's, bringing in the New Year. So, yeah, wintertime grind for me, man. Like, that's just that's just how my life has panned out. Wintertime grind. Spring and summer, though, oh, it's up, just like it will be this weekend. Yeah, and it's hot, though, too. It's also hot. Yeah, it's the summer, better time of year to turn up, Yeah, I, I believe. Well, unless you're in the United Kingdoms. They're not. Wow. <laughs> they're they're uh, they're not having a great time, and and I hope that all the fires and stuff uh, they can get that stuff taken care of, and no one else gets hurt. UK, hang in there. 104 ain't that bad. All right, now let's play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I was talking to the homie out in Arizona. I mean, they hitting like 111, 112 this week. I'm like, oh my gosh. And mind you, I like the heat more than I like the cold. No, I don't. 
I, like I am. Cold. I like the heat. Nah. I prefer the heat more than the cold. And, and, and the reason the cold just hurts first and foremost. Like like the being out in the cold hurts. Now people say, well, you can always warm up. Yeah, well, you can cool down as well. It's really cool in the studio here right now. Oh, Shout so out to Zeb. Yeah, he, he's got the today, AC bro. cranked all the way up Yo, right now. So I feel great on this 80, 88 degree day oh, yeah. here in Portland, Oregon right now. So don't give me the excuse of, well, you can always bundle up. But, yeah, well, you can get naked too. No, I'm <laughs> cool down. But anywho. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. But anywho, you could do both. Is the point that I'm getting at? For me, again, there's just more to do when the sun is out. The cold hinders you from being able to do a lot. People are more sickly during the cold months of the year. <laughs> like it, it, it's true. Yeah, like well, like I'm people sh- tend to people tend to get sicker. Like I said, the cold hurts. Like 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 people. It go in the cold. Imagine being somebody with like a condition, like an arthritic condition. Like if you're in the cold, it's yeah, going to hurt you. Exacerbated. Sure. It's going to hurt you. Yeah. But when you warm up, it'll loosen you up, loosen those joints up. You're warm and you don't feel that I pain. I, I, I mean, there's so many reasons why the heat is better than the cold. Man. Nah, man. In my opinion, it's all about the cold. I, I, and it's just for me. I can't. Anything over like sixty five degrees, and I'm just I start to get uncomfortable. I start to get irritable. See, I'm already the cold, I'm man. already such a hot blooded man. So like <laughs> I need to keep a, like a low temperature. Yeah. So you know I don't I don't explode like a volcano. You know yeah, see, so, nah, man, I yeah, like to explode like a volcano. <laughs> but 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 even in the cold months, it's like, <laughs> like even in the cold months, it's like I'm always in the gym. It's warmer in the gym. Yeah, I'm not out in the cold. I don't. I would much rather be in the gym than a been being outside at a cold football I mean, game but, in a cold stadium. Give me a dome. But yo, but. no, no, but but it, but no, the gym is a thing. Like when think about like the times that you spent in gyms. At least to me, I feel like there's nothing better than like cramming into the gym. When it's cold as hell outside and yes. everybody's in there and it gets hot. In the summertime, the gym is like one of the last places that you want to go to. Definitely. But but also, all you got to do is install an AC. That's all you got to do. I know. But the, the, but but the problem is nobody's playing and nobody's using the gyms in the summer unless you're an actual player or an actual gym rat or for however that may look for you. But, like, you're not going to really be in the gym in the summer anyway because no gym sports are happening during the summer. So – it's like for them, why would I invest in an air conditioner when nobody's right. going to even be exactly. here anyway? Exactly. There's nobody here. So Another reason again, why the summertime it's, sucks. It's not like there's nothing that can be done about it because it very well is something that could be done about it. But outside is popping right now. You better go get you a dose of that instead of wanting keep, to be in this gym anyway. Keep that outside, bro. You can have all the outside for go, both of us. Go bro. outside in December and January while it. I'll be at the at – the, d- or right on the hardwood, feet on the hardwood, headset on. Hey, I'll be in there too. I'll be in there too. But I'll step outside every once in a while too. You believe that? I'm just saying, man. Outside is lit during the summer, you know. And I like water. Have too. you been? Have you been to any spot like water or like camping or anything so far this summer? Not this summer, no. This summer I haven't done much at all. But I mean, usually every summer I do get out into the water. I do go camping. I do. I do outdoor activities. This summer. I just haven't. 
Yeah, it's just not like it hasn't been as very hot of a summer as it has in the last couple of years too. So yeah, this summer I just haven't. Yeah, and this yeah this summer we just got summer last week in Portland. I mean, yeah, it's been the good. It was yeah. the wettest month of June in yeah. over eighty years, yeah, probably ever week. at that point. But it was the wettest month Dude, of June in over eighty. It <laughs> so it's so, like we haven't had a summer yet. We just got a summer last week yeah, here in PDX. A, like quadruple the amount of mosquitoes. Yeah, out here right now and yeah. so like I was playing uh, some golf yesterday outside, and I mean it was like walls of mosquitoes that you were walking through, like unavoidable. Bro, I got. I got mosquito bites on my kneecaps. See, you know, I, got I got, I got a couple on right me right now, now as well. It's nuts. <laughs> exactly. It is so nuts. it's like we haven't. Another been reason able- why the summertime sucks. Count it. I'm telling you, man. We can argue this. I'd rather you be can't bit- see his face. No, right now, no. But, but here's like, the nah. thing. I'd rather have a mosquito bite than the flu. Mm. Okay. Right. I'd rather have a mosquito bite solid, than the flu. Solid point. Solid <laughs> I mean, point. I mean, All right, solid point. Solid point. So, yeah, you I, can complain and, about and your to, little mosquito bite. Take point, a Benadryl and, and I, keep it moving. And to that point, the flu is going to sit you down. My, my, my argument to that is chicken noodle soup, bro. If you got the flu, you just get you some chicken noodle soup. Uh, okay. And then you, you'll be good to go, no, man. Not no more. I it's rec- COVID now. I recommend Chunky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it ain't that no more. Yeah, give me a mosquito bite over the flu any day of the week, dog. I'm with it. <laughs> I'm with it. Let's oh, talk. Let's, let's talk do. about the Steph's piece. <laughs> Steph speech. Yeah, 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 let's do it. That I didn't watch. I've only seen clips circulate well, all over the place, but... Obviously, we're we're referring to the ESPY Awards that broadcasted last night. Steph was the host. I definitely went and searched all the clips and saw all the shit talking that Steph did. So we're just now going to call him the Steph Speech based on his performance yesterday. And uh, or or a lack thereof. Not 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 like he didn't perform, but I mean, look, even the even the image of it, it's him wearing that like sort of off green seafoam green suit. Yeah, and he's got the chain. And his hair's cut, and he's standing there pretty relaxed, and he's got a glass in his hand. I'm assuming there's an adult beverage in there. Yeah. So, like, that image, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, wow, that's a very casual, cool sort of, like, j- just image that that Steph was able to project really well. Absolutely. And the dudes that whoever wrote the jokes that he was popping off on they some of his monologue, I think they nailed it pretty good. Yeah. And his delivery was not terrible. And I don't think... I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, Steph Curry has, like, real great, you know, uh, TV personality, like, star potential. Excuse me, because he doesn't. Um, He's kind of a dry dude. Yeah, and and it's not. But 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 the image, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. pastorally what that looked like on, t- on TV. Yeah. To be like, oh, look at that Steph holding the glass, and he's just sort of joking and jabbing people. I'm like... Yeah, that's that's uh, you know that's something, and I and and here's the thing, like it's something because it's him. But LeBron did it first, and LeBron did it pretty good too. Yeah, but LeBron also has a little bit more of an outward personality than Steph has had historically. So then, why do you think that Steph's was like a more impactful performance? Because because it was a performance from Steph in that way that we don't usually get to see. I think it's more of the shock value aspect of it than it is was Steph better than LeBron like I like if I had to look at Steph as a broadcaster or, or a host if you will and look at LeBron as a host or a broadcaster and I had a company and they had to do this full time for for a living I'm probably going to choose LeBron over Steph Curry but the fact that we saw Steph Curry in that element 
the shock value able was to, there. Able to execute And he it. executed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he didn't, like, go and shit the bed. You know, right. like, right. like, and if he would have shit the bed, you might not have been that surprised if he did. But the fact that right. he didn't, and you, like you said, the jokes were on point. And I think just the carryover from the behavior, if you will, that we saw from Steph Curry ever since he's won this championship, it has been a sight to see because this is a dude that we're accustomed to seeing win championships by this point. We are not accustomed to seeing Steph behave in the way that he has since winning a championship. And obviously that just kind of transitioned seamlessly into him being able to host the ESPY Awards and call the Boston Celtics his sons and talk shit to Grant Williams out there in the crowd, even take a jab at LeBron James the way that he did, passing the passing the the mic over to Draymond Green and Draymond Green talking about, yeah, we're start we're hosting the podcast live from LA where there's seven pro sports teams and the LA Clippers. Like all of that to me has all kind of humanized Steph in a way. And I feel like ever since winning this fourth championship He's been more humanized, in my opinion, than we've seen throughout his career. And so to me, I think it's just more the shock value that we're able to get this side of Steph. And he's always been the humble, quiet, yeah. baby face assassin. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, he, like, like he, he's, that's who he is. He always gave off this air of like he's not really available because he has... He has shit to do. Yeah, you know, you know what, what I mean? mean? I'm the Christian. Like now, I'm the, you know what I mean? Like and it's nothing wrong. I'm a Christian too, but I'm just saying, like, he really kind of, like, was, you well, know. Well, I mean, even that, from, like, a that, career that, standpoint, like, it's always been, like, Steph feels further away because it feels like, ah, he's had shit to do, even right. though he won multiple championships and created one of the most, like, powerful dynasties in the history of the NBA. Yeah. Him being at the helm of. But after this fourth chip, it just seems like there's a and like a you know like an air take, is lifted off it's of lifted him. Lifted off of you know yeah, what I'm saying where for he's sure. that, where where his his personability that's coming through feels like I mean obviously all on his own volition you can get asked to host the ESPYS every year your choice to say you want to do it right but but this is this is what I want to know it's like do you think that that's gonna like influence other players to try to go that more dynamic multifaceted route of like post basketball personality. Well, that's already happening. Well, no, but here's, but yes, yes. But this is my thing. I don't think that you're going to get that out of 99.99% of even the highest grade superstars because what he, because, because that right there, the hosting of the SBs and just the, the, the format of that, it's a step beyond the talking head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, and, and I feel like we're at a stage now where th- these guys are just now sort of getting their bearings about that, you know, media pursuit in terms of, oh, I'm going to do like analyst work on TV afterwards. Or Draymond Green is pushing the envelope by being like, well, I can have a big podcast personality and have that work. And the way that he's integrating it into these different mediums, getting thrown to the ESPYs, doing a, a finals game-winning finals podcast in yeah. The, you know yeah, 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 in the yeah, in the press room. room. Yeah, the press yeah, yeah. room. And so I'm just going, I, did, I don't, f- but it, but it's interesting to me that Steph Curry is the guy who's like sort of, I mean, outside of LeBron James, like the first one through the door on this one. And I just, I, I just don't think, it feels, I hope that he doesn't think that he can, he's going to start doing that afterwards. Cause I just, I don't see it working personally. 
for myself after. He, I don't think he's going to golf afterwards. That, <laughs> gonna, no, that's exactly. And he has that show. I was just yeah, he's got he has that golf, golf I think show. Golf is, and he's been doing a lot of golf stuff still. Pro- production, yeah, I think, is like is a miniature where, golf show. Yeah, yeah. I think production is, is, is yeah. doing stuff like that in the golf world. Uh, Charles Barkley has been rumored to saying he might yeah, leave inside LIV. LIV golf. It's yeah. like, that, that's something to look out for, that, that's, man. That's interesting. It's an interesting little. That's interesting. And mm-hmm. I think socially, that's more relevant than, especially like people of my background, <laughs> people that tend to not be out there on the course as much. Socially, having somebody like a Charles Barkley that you know comes from what you come from. To be able to go into that space and make a name for himself in the way he's going to. And what I mean by that is there only can be one Tiger Woods. There only can be a select few pro golfers, if you will. But there's people that have an interest in golf, especially, uh, again, a lot more people that come from backgrounds that I may come from in particular the interest is there, and I think part of it is just it comes with age, too. The older you get, you tend to start to learn and understand how significant of a sport golf really is, especially for business purposes, when those are the avenues that you begin to pursue. But, like, I don't know any – I couldn't name you a golf broadcaster right now. Tariko does it. You know, I, I couldn't name it. But Tariko's not even – he didn't even identify with this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the Italian stallion. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like Tariko, but but Charles Barkley. We know Chuck. We rock with Chuck. Like we know Chuck is one of ours. Even when Chuck says some crazy, outrageous stuff, like it's Chuck. He gets that pass. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we'll give him a hard time for it, but we give each other a hard time when we go against the grain from time to time. And Chuck will go against the grain. He doesn't care, and we'll forever love him regardless. Even if we do give him a hard time, we can do that. But we're not gonna let nobody else give Chuck a hard time. You know what I'm saying? In that same way. So it's like. That's really, really important to be able to see somebody that really genuinely comes from and represents our culture, regardless of how that looks, because our culture isn't monolithic, to go and become a golf broadcaster. That, like I said, is more significant than I think we give credit for. And it's very, very important for him to go into that. And that wasn't even on the docket to speak to today, but I have been seeing that. And it's definitely yeah. I'm interested in seeing. I, I hope yeah. that he does. I mean, I do obviously too. I actually gonna, do too. He 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 dem, he commands a lot of money, so they're going to have to bread his ass out. They got the way. money though, for sure. For <laughs> it's, sure. Where, it's, it's the money sport. No, I know, but then it's like the contract, like what level of like exposure are they going to give him? Chuck would be a fantastic. That's the I've thing. He's going to give them time, the exposure, and I, that's and that's what I think yeah, the difference that is. Is you're paying network. Yeah, yes. you're paying Chuck to give you he'll, an he'll exposure that you never had. He'll come in and immediately be the star player on their absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you pay to Chuck to like give that. you the exposure yeah. that you just haven't had, right. especially in today's time period. Mm-hmm. We're on a different side of history right now, where socially inclusivity. And, and, you know, diversifying is very important, yeah. even for the sport of golf. Yeah, that's just, that's the shitty thing about golf is because, like, it's so traditional. And yeah. I'm using air quotes when I say Like that. baseball. Yeah. And so we know what we're talking about when we talk about that. But, I mean, even, like, in, in other ways of it, it's like, you know, it's this game to me that's so important, especially for ex-athletes, because it's a game that is you're never going to get good at it. 
you know, really. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're always going to be able to play it. And the most important thing is you're always going to be able to play it yeah. for a really, really long time. Yeah. Even when you've stopped playing these high-intensity sports. Right. And that's the importance of it that I think that it's required because the athletes that require a lot of re- – you know, I mean, at least in, in our country, yeah. this, the biggest sports in our country are predominantly black athletes. And for them to not have, you know what I'm saying, like a, like a tether – yeah. To that world, I think it does a disservice, it's, especially it's cats. It's a pipeline. Like it's yeah, a pipeline. They need that Steph, pipeline. Steph is creating it, obviously, mm-hmm. in this way. Chuck right. would be creating that pipeline. Yeah. It is massive. And it's very, Steph, very And important. that's what I'm saying. Like with Steph, it's like, Steph, we see your passion with it, but like you're never I you're never gonna be Charles Barkley, bro. So like the the idea of being like, well, I can stand up there and do like a Johnny Carson style late night show. Like, I just don't think that that's. But even, Steph, the difference with Steph than Charles Barkley, obviously. Again, I don't know if connected he's to considering the sport, this at all. Connected to the sport for fun, absolutely. Yeah, and I think I think he did. I think he just it's probably just, for it's the just love. it was for the love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was for the culture. It was for the love. It right. was like like we needed Steph to do that. And, and again. I think he's he celebrated for the love, you know, after winning that title. Like we seen Steph in the club dancing and taking just bottles to the face <laughs> and like, you know, we never see that for we like I said, we're used to the Christian family man. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like yes. we saw Steph act out and and it's okay to do both. It's a great balance to have. And for quite a long time, I just feel like we didn't necessarily get that from him. So it is an absolute treat that we're getting that from him now. But I do agree with you. I think on the production side of things, Steph would be great. That's his, that's More behind the scenes, he would be great. Yeah. You know, TV shows, things of that sort, he would be great. But as like a, a host, broadcaster, commentator, like I said, I think it was more of the shock value of him actually doing it. In some ways, I feel that same way about a lot of the athletes that are doing these podcasts and even what Draymond Green did. Now, Draymond is obviously really good at what he does, but right. like I think another part of it is – they're actually doing it. Like, that's a huge step. Mm-hmm. Because not that long ago, that was foreign. Right. Like, not that long ago, being a, me- a media personality was like, huh? What are you doing? You're going against the grain. And You're even, going against the code, and if even, you will. even, like, what little it did happen, the guys didn't make it. Like, they didn't last yeah. for very long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Chauncey Billups, Dwayne Wade was doing it for a second, and mm-hmm. he doesn't really do it. I'm sure he might still have... Anyway, it's just remember when they did that stuff with Kevin Garnett. I mean, he's still kind of is affiliated with like NBA on TNT or, or NBA on ESPN. But I think um, he does a TNT show. I think he does a TNT. Remember, I said show. it right the first time. Yeah, you TNT. did. You did. But yeah, it's just like it just didn't really work. And I still think that we're early. We're too early to get like consistent, really great broadcast. Like Charles, this is the thing about Charles Barkley. Like he is an anomaly. When it comes to like being a a star basketball player and then nearly directly translating to a superstar media talent, same goes with Shaq. I mean, yeah, Shaq too. Shaq but, is him, but but Shaq, the I would argue that the reason why Shaq is as good as he is today is because he spent a lot of time sitting there getting to go back and forth with Chuck. Well, it helps. It definitely helps being around people great, but Shaq was always an outward personality, sure. even as a sure. ball player. Yeah. And, and even, you know, even beyond what he does now with the commentary, the DJing, the, the rate, you know what I mean? He's doing these big festivals. Like Shaq has always been like, he's branded himself and the personality of Shaquille O'Neal has always been one of one. And then, you know, they, they're grinding it out together and they're both great and they both have these, 
these massive personalities individual individually and it just works together so i do think that i do agree with you from the standpoint they make each other better but i also think those two dudes are categorically are the same in regards to just who they are as people and the uniqueness of them and they're just both absolute one of ones yeah no doubt and then somehow they both work at the same place it's Kind yeah. of crazy. That's why that shout man, out to TNT dude, for putting TNT, that play. They I figured know, that out. Man. Turner, y'all figured that hey. one out. <laughs> All right, Ted. All right, Ted. Turner figured that one absolutely out. Turner figured it out. But yeah, again, shout out to Steph Curry. Um, again, we're gonna name this ep- episode the Steph Spies. But I do got an update for y'all. I do have an update for y'all. Obviously, last week we named the episode Free BG. We talked about, you know the influence that I have from the Kerry Champion interview on I Am Athlete. And I followed up with with the folks that I know over at Senator Wyden's office. And, you know, we want to see things done. We want to we want to see the momentum continue in regards to the pressure that we want to keep on this particular case until Brittany Griner is free. And uh, I told y'all, you know, Senator Wyden's crew, his, his staffers reached out to me and they let me know last week that, a Senate resolution was on the horizon and just a few hours ago before we started potting and recording here today, the Senate resolution was indeed released. So I'm actually going to read it um, because why not? Let's see here. The headline, Wyden, Cornyn colleagues call on Russia to release Brittany Griner from wrongful detention Bipartisan Senate resolution urges U.S. government to press for WNBA players' release, supports all, uh, supports all prisoners unjustly imprisoned in the Russian Federation. U.S. Senators Ron Wyden and John Corrin today led colleagues in the introduction of a bipartisan Senate resolution calling on the Russian government to immediately release U.S. citizen Brittany Griner from her wrongful detention and urging the U.S. government in all its interactions with the Russian government to press for the WNBA player's release. In addition to demanding action to end the five-month-long wrongful detention of Griner, the resolution also expresses support for U.S. citizen Paul Whelan and all prisoners unjustly in prison in the Russian Federation. We got a quote coming up here. The Russian government's cruel, cruel treatment of Brittany Griner demands a full court press, spotlighting her wrongful detention since February and the unjust imprisonment of all U.S. citizens in Russia, Senator Wyden said. The fact that this resolution has secured support from senators in both parties shows clearly the urgency of Ms. Griner's immediate release so she can resume thrilling fans on the basketball uh, basketball court, inspiring Americans with her leadership off the court in the fight for LGBTQ rights, and, of course, returning to her friends and family working so hard for her release. The Senate resolution is a companion to a similar resolution already passed by the House. In addition to Wyden and Corn and other co-sponsors, of the Senate resolution are U.S. Senators Mark Kelly of AZ, Ted Cruz of Texas, Kristen Sinema of Arizona, Raphael Warnock of Georgia, Ed Markey of Massachusetts, Chris Van Hollen of Maryland, and Gene Shaheen in New Hampshire, Tina Smith in Minnesota, Sherrod Brown in Ohio, Ben Cardin in Maryland, Richard Blumenthal in Connecticut, Amy Klobuchar in Minnesota, Robert Casey in Pennsylvania, Tim Kaine in Virginia, 
Diane Feinstein in California, Elizabeth Warren, Massachusetts, uh, Patty Murray, I'm done saying everybody's location, Cory Booker, Bernie Sanders, Michael Bennett, Tammy Baldwin, Jeff Merkley, Brian Schatz, Gary Peters, Alex Padilla, Chris Coons, John Hickenlooper, Richard Durbin, and Sheldon Whitehouse. Another quote coming up here, Arizonans have love and admiration for Brittany Griner, both on and off the court. The Department of State has determined that Griner, that Brittany was wrongfully detained. It's past time for her to come home, said Arizona senior Senator Kristen Sinema. Another quote, I've worked with the State Department to make sure that Brittany Griner's safe return is a top priority. And this bipartisan resolution that shows the Senate support for her as well. Brittany Griner is an inspiration to Arizonans and Americans across the country. I've had the pleasure of meeting her and seeing her talent on the court up close. The Russian government unjustly detained Brittany, and we will keep working with the administration to assure her safe and swift return, said Senator Kelly. Another quote, we can't let Ms. Griner and other Americans being detained in Putin's Russia become the victims of geopolitical events and autocratic war, Senator Warnock said after the, introducing the resolution. It's been 154 days since Ms. Griner was detained in Russia, and the strong support for this bipartisan resolution demonstrates that senators from both parties agree that we need to be doing all we can to bring her home. And that's all I got for you on that. That's a good start. Thanks. Thank you, Senator Wyden. Absolutely. That's a genuine thank you. Absolutely. I love I love that. Um I, I uh yeah, I mean it's funny. It's almost shocking <laughs> listening when you're reading off all of the other senators that signed off because it's like rarely do you get, at least from like a, a, a basic media lens, that you see like very strong bipartisan support yes, and stuff. That was what stood out to me the most. Yeah. In this particular resolution. Yeah. yeah. And then also, um, uh, what was Warnock, Senator War- Warnock? Was, yeah. He, he, he made, made sure to make mention of... You know, this is. I mean, it's a, a used as a, as a geopolitical stunt. Yes, and and that needs to be uh, talked about and put out in the open because I feel like that's the only way to you know flip people on their heels because it's not so simple as to be like, okay, who's got the keys? Go unlock the cell and right. put her on a plane. Like, right. there's all this bureaucracy that's involved, and it's like you have to fight bureaucracy with bureaucracy, and like absolutely, and that's why this resolution is important. That's why it's important, man. So I, again, I'm just super happy that. We have the resolution. Again, that bipartisan support is what stands out to me initially, you know, as I read all of this, especially here as an American, knowing <laughs> knowing the the tale of two Americas, if you will, that, that we have to deal with on a daily for so many other subjects, very important subjects, by the way, that, that we're still dealing with right now, today, in this past week. And to be able to see the support from both sides of People that we know don't really get along up there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The reality of it is, reading off some of those names, there's some tension between some of those names that I read off that essentially endorsed this resolution that's Republican and Democrat. So just seeing the bipartisan support and seeing us being able to show that we can come together and rally behind anything at this point. You know what I'm saying? Because things, again, have become so dynamic in regards of you're either all the way right or you're all the way left and to be able 
to have, again, anything. Obviously, in this case, is Brittany Griner and her situation in Russia right now where we can show that the United States of America can actually unite and get behind a cause, like, that's that's huge to me. And to see Brittany Griner as a female athlete be able to do so, that that's very important, that's very significant, and that's something that I'm going to hold to as we start to see more things unfold and as more issues continue to come up because we don't have – this many like modern examples, if you will, or recent examples, even more so, where we can say that both parties were able to unite about a sad thing, especially if this actually leads to Britney Griner being released prior to 10 years from now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which right. they say she can do up to 10 years. And honestly, if it's there. 10 years and, and this podcast <laughs> is still rolling, we're going to still be covering it. Absolutely. We'll Absolutely. We're we going to beat so. this drum until she's free. <laughs> free BG. You know what I mean? Free BG all the way. So like I said, it's just huge to be able to have that bipartisan support in Senate and to see them do something about right. it, quite frankly. Um, it's major. It, it, it's major. It's major. Absolutely. So, Free BG again. I also, you know, we talked about the Espies, the Stephspies, if you will. Um, but I wanted to give a shout out to Amira Rose Davis, a friend of the show. She's been on this Wake Up and Win podcast here before. One of the one of the best episodes we've ever had, in my opinion. And we're creeping up on here in on, on 200 episodes in no time. But um she had like a video essay that she did on Title IX, and it's been played for like different sporting events, but I wanted to mention that in particular in regards to the ESPYs um, because they showed the, the the video essay, if you will, on the ESPYs. They, they, they presented it on the ESPYs as well. So go and check that out on YouTube, wherever you can find it. But obviously it was really important. Steph, obviously, that, you know, they did a segment promoted to Brittany Griner during the ESPYs as well. So, Again, it's just huge to be able to see this this bipartisan support. And and I'm not just speaking from the standpoint of government, but also just from men and women. Because, again, my inspiration to even reach out to Senator Wyden's team was from a conversation that Kerry Champion was having with men on the I Am Athlete podcast where they essentially were trying to mend the relationship between men and women. And... Obviously, there's a lot of reason for women to to not be so fond of men. And there's some reasons for men to be not so fond of women. Nobody's perfect. We're all humans in that regard. But to see kind of the collectiveness of them all wanting to support Brittany Griner, or in this case, her attempting to get them and, and, and have them leverage their relationships to support Brittany Griner, which then even inspired a guy like me here in Portland, Oregon right now to leverage my own relationships in support of Brittany Griner and her, you know, being released from Russia. You know, it's just cool to be able to just see it all come together in that way. And I think it's important for the progress of society, for the progress of humanity. And it's just very, very necessary, man. So super dope, super dope. Definitely inspired. Um, I don't think I got much more to talk about today, man. I didn't watch the MLB All-Star Weekend. Who cares? Yeah, I don't care. And I hate that I'm saying that because I grew up in Vallejo, California. and it Big is a, baseball city. Oh, my gosh. Major. The home of CC Sabathia, baby. Like, yeah. major. And I'm, and I'm talking about, like, growing up in it, baseball culture 
in that city, and it's not this way anymore. And I, there's reasons that I, I know why it's not this way, um, because I feel like my generation was sort of that last generation of Vallejo baseball that held it in its highest regard. But the city of Vallejo also was the first city in California to go bankrupt. And that happened like right as I was getting ready to enter into high school. So the resources just absolutely depleted. And quite frankly, I don't think the city's ever been able to bounce back from that. Um, you know, crime obviously intensified, crime increased, yeah. resources decreased, sports they fell to the wayside. They fell to the wayside. Like, like, and that's one of the huge reasons that even now that I'm in this intersectional space when it comes to sports and politics. Because when I was growing up in that, I wasn't really aware of how politics was affecting my livelihood and affecting my life's journey and my life's path ultimately. It wasn't until I got to college and had the the fortune to be able to have a higher education experience to learn about this intersection and then was able to connect it to my childhood and realize like, oh, the reason why I had to leave the city that I ha- that I grew up in was because of politics. Like when the city went bankrupt, obviously the school budget was pretty much depleted. There was a 50-50 chance that we were going to have high school sports in the city of Vallejo. And this is when I'm in like seventh, eighth grade. So I'm getting ready to enter into high school. And we had a lot of dynamite athletes that were also my age that I grew up playing youth ball with. And we all dispersed to these surrounding cities in Northern California and in the Bay Area. And all of the schools that we dispersed to all of a sudden became powerhouses. Like it, it was interesting how it happened because the culture Sport culture in Vallejo was so big and it was so huge, baseball included. And it was like, I can list off a bunch of guys that I wore a Vallejo youth sports jersey with. And we went to high school in surrounding cities in the Bay Area and Northern California and turned all of those high schools up. And and then the Vallejo schools all were weak, quite frankly. And I know that for a fact because... I didn't go too far. I went to I went to school in Fairfield. What you trying to say right now, bro? I'm, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, we all could have played together and made Vallejo and and kept the tradition of Vallejo being a powerhouse sports city. But politics got in the way of that. And you're saying that you had to go and dominate your hometown. We beat them every time. <laughs> we dog. I was in because I was in the city of Fairfield. It's only what 15 it's, minutes yeah, it's away. Not far. Yeah, it's not far. It's a 10 mile drive, but. They had it wasn't no 50-50 chance that Fairfield was gonna have high school sports. So Fairfield became the recipient of a bunch of good athletes coming from Vallejo to the city. And what and we're still close enough to where the Vallejo schools were still in our conference. We won the conference championship every year. You know what I mean? I would go into the and and my sophomore year in particular. I was the only sophomore on on my varsity basketball team. So I was the youngest player on my varsity basketball team. And we went undefeated in conference play that year. And I would go into every gym in Vallejo, Vallejo High, Jesse Bethel High, Hogan High. And it would be all my people that I grew up with coming to the game. And I would be getting booed. I'd have the big homies shit talking me as soon as I walked in with my team because everybody knew me because I grew up there and I was supposed to be on their side wearing their uniform. Instead, I'm at Rodriguez in Fairfield and with the SEAC champs all four years that I was in high school beating up on the Vallejo schools that all of us left. <laughs> like that was the way that it went. And again, 
back then you didn't realize I didn't realize politics that was absolutely yeah I didn't realize that how political that was back then but now I know and I'm aware like oh that was all politics that affected that because I would have just stayed at school in Vallejo if we would have guaranteed had sports. But if it wasn't for the city going bankrupt and that affecting the school district and the resources after school programs are depleted, just everything went to shit. The police force is depleted. There's maybe three or four police officers on duty at a time. They had to basically get federal help to be able to get a, a, a decent enough force to be able to just sustain in a city where the crime again was just in, it was all of that, bro. And mm. so I just wasn't aware of that back then because I just I just wanted to play ball and I needed to play ball because if I didn't play ball, it was going down, down, down for me. So whatever I got to do to play ball, that's all that matters right now in this moment. But now I'm a lot more aware that politics had a huge impact and effect on that. So. Yeah, man. It's deep. It's deep. It's deep. Oh, you got anything? No, man. I'm just listening to you, bro. What's yeah, up? You know, pitching game. <laughs> pitching game. On that note, we're going to leave this episode the only way that we know how, and that is to pull up to Export tonight <laughs> or the Bible Club on Sunday. Stay woke and go, go win. win.